And if you're in this reactive state, it's obviously a lot easier for you to be saying things that you probably don't mean. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I am your host, Monica Yates, the period whisperer, a trauma healer, and an embodiment coach for both men and women. Well, obviously periods just for women. I am a double Sagittarius, a rising Gemini, an Enneagram 8, and a generator. I know it's a lot. I'm here for it. I help women to get into their magnetic as fuck feminine energy and for men to feel ecstasy and intimacy. In these episodes, I love to talk about things that people are thinking but too afraid to say, as well as educating you on everything that I know in this brain, body, and soul of mine. You can find all the ways to work with me on my website. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. It is Casual Fridays over here. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can watch on YouTube if you're listening to the podcast. I am trying to make a concerted effort of recording the episodes also on YouTube as well as my podcast just because it's, you know, helps more people be able to find me, all that jazz, la, la, la. So, um Welcome if you're on YouTube and if you're on the podcast, good to have you back. So today we are talking about a very important topic and um, I also wanted to mention really quickly that um, I've been having some it's been kind of coming to light that there is a lot of women that is just for women for, for, for this little point that I'm going to jump into men and women. Um, it's becoming to my awareness that a lot of women have the wrong idea and perception about running your business in your feminine. Um, so I did a little post on it on Instagram, which you can check out. It's very recent. And then also an IGTV that, which I would check out. Um, and it's why I created my behind the scenes bubble because I actually do a lot more behind the scenes on there. People can actually see, like, I don't just float around like a fairy all day. I don't burn myself out and I do what feels good, but like, I also work hard and like put effort in. Um, I just feel like a lot of people these days, they just like look at these Instagram, business women and they just, they seem to float around and dance around and be always near feminine, um, or this perception of the feminine. And then they, and then these women that are, you know, my clients or whatever are like, Oh, like I thought that was feminine business. And I'm like, okay, there's just like some confusion. So anyway, go watch that IGTV. I'll link it below. Go look at the post. I'll link it below and it will all make sense to you. Anyway. So today we are talking about how your inner child wounds play out in your relationships. And I fucking love this. And I want to preface, it is for men and women this episode. And if you um, also work in any kind of environment with other people, your inner child wounds can also play out in your workplace. It's in any relationship. I'm going to talk predominantly romantic relationships today, um, but it honestly can be playing out in any relationship, whether it is um, a workplace relationship or whether it is a um, romantic relationship, it plays out in, in both scenarios. And honestly, I feel like it is one of the reasons, it's definitely a really big reason as to why so many people's relationships fails or they don't feel like they're happy in their relationships um, or they feel like they really struggle with their communication and everything. It's honestly because of a lack of self-awareness. The more that I've become self-aware and the more that I know my behavior patterns and what frustrates me next month, the better I can communicate that. Like even to my team, if I'm having one of those um, kind of weeks where I'm like just a little bit on edge and I'm just kind of a bit tired and frustrated with things, I know how to communicate to that to them because I can feel that within myself and I can tell them exactly what I need and how I need support. They do that. And it's like amazing. Like, I'll just like, I've had said this before of like, I have to, I told Sarah like a month ago, like whenever I'm like 
The workload's a lot. The calendar is full. Always prioritize personal stuff over business stuff. Um, and she didn't know that. And she was like, okay, great. Like, thank you for telling me. Um, and so it's been amazing because now every time that I finish work, my whole apartment is tidy. She's unpacked everything for me. Like the dogs are dealt with. She's walked the dogs. She's like done all the personal things. My laundry has been folded if she's needed to. She's run the errands that she's had to. She's done the stuff on social media, all that jazz that has had to be done. And she'll always prioritize personal stuff. And I had to explain that to her because I know myself well enough where I realized that after a big day, if personal tasks weren't done, that would actually cause me more stress than if business tasks weren't done just because of like where I'm at and my business will always run smoothly. Like if nothing, if something doesn't get done, no one's going to fucking die. I don't care. But when it comes to my personal life, it's a different story. So let's jump in and I'm going to be talking about a few of the common kind of inner child wounds and how they play out. I'm not going to be telling you how to fix them because my modalities are not to be shared like you know, over a free resource. And also because you can't just like take yourself through it. It's unethical. It's immoral. And I like to be paid for it. So the end. Okay. So the first one is the way in which you communicate during a fight. So there is the respond or there is the react kind of reaction or response. When a fight is happening or when something is pissing you off about a person, the way that you respond or the way that you react shows your inner child wounds slash um, you're in a child's wounds slash what you've healed, what you're triggered by, um, your self-awareness X, Y, and Z. So I used to be so fucking reactive and I would get myself in a situation into relationships with men where, um, actually not all of my exes, but when I, before I did any healing work on myself, um, all my boyfriends besides one was, uh, very reactive, but I was also very reactive. So it would just be like a fucking explosion, right? It was all that would happen. One of them was a bit of a mute. So that was kind of another extreme where I could just walk all over him. So also not the vibe. Now that does not happen at all <laughs> for obvious reasons. Anyway, so what happens is in a fight, if you're being triggered by something, whether it's like you don't feel loved or whether it's you're not feeling listened to, or whether you're feeling like something is wrong with you or you're being wrongly accused or you're feeling misunderstood, like whatever the trigger is that comes up, if you haven't healed that trigger, you are going to go into a react response and that's going to cause more issues in the relationship. It's going to cause everyone to get fucking defensive. It's going to feel, it's going to cause no one to feel loved. It's going to cause um, you to actually get more, uh, it's going to cause you, cause you to feel more insecurity and unsafety in your relationship. And it's also going to cause your partner to feel the same. And this relates to both men and women. Both men and women get triggered. Both men and women have their inner child wounds. They're often slightly different inner child wounds. Like, for example, um, I would say a universal one is I'm not enough. Is a very universal one, um, and then there are that there are more that are like slightly skewed towards men that are you know more prevalent, and then towards women. Like you guys asked me once before about the attachment styles podcast that I did. Um, is it more common for men to be? avoidant or anxious and vice versa. And I say it's more common for a man to be avoidant than for a man to be anxiously attached just because of their biology. And then it's more common for us to be anxiously attached as in women than avoidantly attached. That doesn't mean that it's everyone because there's plenty of women that are avoidant and there's plenty of fucking men that are anxious. It's just as a general kind of consensus. So 
whatever you're getting reactive about, you're being triggered by, and there is a wound there that you get to heal. Nothing is wrong with you. Nothing is broken. You're not fucked in the head or anything like that. It's just an opportunity for you to heal something. And it's not to say that your parents did a bad job raising you or anything, and maybe they did, which that's that's happened, right? It's actually just to say that you want to cultivate self-awareness so that you could have better relationships. And I really want to emphasize this because the depth and the and the yumminess of your relationships is not just about your romantic relationships. It is also about your relationships at work. Like me being self-aware allows me to be a great boss. It allows me to communicate my needs. It allows me to communicate with my team what I'm feeling this week or what I don't want to do or what I do want to do. It allows me to put my foot down. It allows for them to also know me because I can share like, by the way, when you can sense X, Y, and Z, like this is what's happening for me and I need you to do A, B, and C. And the same applies in a relationship. Like you also can be communicating to them, by the way, when you sense A, B, C, it means I need X, Y, and Z. But so many people just don't even know themselves because they just, they're fucking egotistical is what they are most of the time. And they just think I'm fine. They just think it's fine. I'm fine. I'm getting through life. And Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want you to be fine. I want you to be glorious. I want you to feel like, I want you to be able to experience what I experience, which is that when I'm sitting staring at a window, I don't have any thoughts running through my head. I don't have the, the belief of I'm not enough or I'm too much or I'm not doing enough or I'm not smart enough or I'm not successful enough. Like that stuff, I honestly can say, like honestly can say on oh, my fucking dog's lives, that that shit never runs through my head anymore. It used to, it totally used to, it used to fucking berate me. And now it does not run through my head anymore. Like if I, like last night I was out, we were out for dinner and we were at a really nice steak restaurant and I was just staring into space. I was getting really fucking tired. And I was just staring and he was like, what's going through your head? And I was like, I'm just looking at the way that they are putting that tablecloth on. It's very meditative. That's now what runs through my head. Like, which is like not the case for most people. Like most women, when they finish having sex, their brain is going wild. And if they ask, if, you know, if I'm, I'm finished having sex, I'm just lying there, like not thinking about anything. Like that's the beauty of doing this kind of work. And it does allow you to have deeper and better relationships because you just know yourself so well. The better that you know yourself, the better that your relationships are going to be because you can communicate yourself to them. And it also knows, it also allows you to know what you need in a relationship. So if you know, for example, that you're impatient and that's just a part of you, this is me, and that's just a part of you and that you have worked on your impatience a bit. So now you're a little bit more patient, but like, I'm not going to fucking try and change myself. It's just, it's one trait that like, is just a really big part of me. I like to get shit done quickly. And I just, I mean, I'm a black and white person. I'm a three, five generator, whatever, all the other human design things. And like, cause even in fucking that, it's like, I need black or white. I don't do gray. I will get myself out of a gray situation. And that's me knowing myself really well. So if I was to be in, in any kind of relationship with someone where it was always an um or a gray situation, I would just be like, this isn't a vibe, like the end. Um, and I would just make it, I'd make it very clear for every relationship if I need yes or no. It's never a maybe. You don't give me a maybe. It's a yes or it's a no and the end. And that is, that is a powerful 
that is a superpower that you have in all your relationships then when you're that self-aware. It makes it a lot easier for fucking everybody involved. Just saying. Um, the, also, if you are constantly being really, really reactive um, because of these triggers and everything, you can say things that you don't mean. You just start spiraling and just throw, flinging these things off your head and you start to say things that you don't really mean. Um, and we want to avoid that because those things can really hurt and it's you can't forget things. Like, let's just cut to the chase, guys. You can't forget things. It's so easy to be like, you can just forget it. Just forget it. Like, I didn't mean that, but you said it. Like you, maybe you did mean it. It's very hard to ask someone to just like forget it and blow it off. So you don't want to ever be saying something that you don't a hundred percent stand by. And if you're in this reactive state, it's obviously a lot easier for you to be saying things that you probably don't mean. Okay. Um, okay. Next thing is if you are avoidant, um, as like your attachment style, the possibility is that as soon as things maybe get really good, you might freak out and start fucking being worried about losing it. Or if it feels too good to be true, then you might start to like overanalyze everything. And then that person, the other person on the other side might actually start to feel like this stickiness because they're like, why is he doing this? Or why is she doing this? Why are they overanalyzing everything? Like it, it starts to make the other person feel insecure because the partner that's being avoidant is like second guessing everything or acting really weird. It makes the other person feel weird. Like when you've got like when you've got one person that's healthy, one person that's not healthy, or two people that are unhealthy, it doesn't, like with their behavior patterns, it doesn't cause a healthy dynamic. I can almost tell you, this is just blowing off my head, but from like my clients and everything, I would say about 70% of people are trauma bonded in their relationships. So person A found person B and they both bonded over their trauma essentially. And they both fed each other via their trauma essentially. Um, and they have stuck together and they're not deeply, deeply, deeply happy. But the thought of not being with that person brings up their trauma. So they just stick with the person. And that's not what we want when it comes to romantic relationships. We want to be in these relationships that makes us grow, that make us feel expanded, that feel juicy, that feel electric, that feel exciting, that feel like we have to be a better version of ourselves. They're the kind of relationships that I'm assuming most of us want to be in. Um, And so it's really important that you have done the work on yourself so you're not causing and projecting the other person to be feeling this stickiness or to start second guessing things. Like if you can show up with healthy behavior, generally speaking, the other person, it's going to help the other person to also show up in a little bit of a healthier way as well. I'm not saying it always works, but I'm saying that like, if you can be a good influence, it's generally going to create a safer environment for the other person too. And you don't want to create this stickiness. You don't want to create this dynamic where you know, if you're being avoided and you're like, oh, I'm just going to like freak out and leave, it creates this like weirdness and that sticks with people. It, it creates stickiness in the energy between you two, which can really fuck shit up. It can cause the relationship to crumble because it can cause the other person to feel resentment for your lack of ability to communicate or whatever. Or it can cause the other person to feel resentment because they've kind of broke, you kind of broken the trust in them or whatnot. So um, also healing your attachment styles is a really, really important thing to do for the, for women. Um, in my feminist fuck bundle, you can get a masterclass on, on healing your attachment styles. And then there's also the podcast about it for my men. We're going to be doing this in my new program called the man, which I'm so excited about. I think I'm going to start talking about it when this podcast comes out. 
Um, so yay. I feel like it's been such a fucking work in progress, um, and a long time coming and whatnot, but it just like, it came through. I'm really excited about it. This first round will start next year, but you can enroll now. The enrollment period is this year only, and then we'll start the group calls next year, but you'll get like some pre-work and everything to do over the Christmas period, some books to read, some podcasts, listen to X, Y, and Z to kind of like just build a bit of a foundation for you to feel like, you know, good about what we're about to dive into. Um, this will be the only round though at this price and it'll be doubling the next round. So, um, cause it's kind of like, it's like a beta round and whatnot. So if you feel like you want to join, join this round, there's only 10 spaces. Um, the next round will be double. And I don't actually think the next round will have the one-on-ones either. And it may not even be live. So, um, just an FYI on that, the next round might not be live and it might not have one-on-ones in there. So haven't decided on that. We'll see what happens. But as a rule of thumb, you should always join, you know, the round that you feel like called to. Um, And if you feel like, oh, I want to do this round, then I would join. Okay, moving on. So um, the next thing is, let's say, for example, you're in a child wound or one of them. You don't ever just have one. You have multiple, just FYI. Let's say one of your inner child wounds is that you didn't feel loved as a child. Then what can happen is that you might actually feel love off work, right? So you then put in a shitload of time and effort and money and resources into your job and then your relationship starts to die because the reality is that you need to invest time and resources and money and love and energy and all that stuff into your romantic relationship as well. So if you're only working all the time, it will cause your romantic your romantic relationship to also kind of die away a little bit, or it will cause it to be affected, or it will cause resentment to happen, or it will cause it will cause something not ideal. So if you are working to get something like love or validation or safety or whatever, you are outsourcing your power and you will never feel loved. You will never feel enough. You will never feel safe enough by your job. I promise that. You can never actually get that from another person. Like if you weren't given it when you were a child, if you try and get it off somebody else or off another situation, it'll be an endless battle. The only way that you can get that feeling met is actually when you heal it inside of yourself. Um, So it's really important. So for those of you men that are working way too hard, that are not prioritizing your relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, work relationships, you need to fix that because it will come to bite you in the ass. You will be fucking lonely. You will regret it and you will be miserable. The lone wolf is not a vibe. Like men need community, especially in this day and age. I know that in the caveman days, you guys don't need community as much, but with all of the pressures that you guys have on you, you need community just as much as women do. So for the men out there, like another opportunity, another reason why you should join the man is if you don't have a fucking male community, if you don't feel like you've got brothers that are pushing you and supporting you to be the best fucking man, and you're not feeling motivated to be the best fucking man, this is an environment that's going to do it for you. Uh, I know, I know you might be like, but you're a woman and that's the best reason to fucking join it because so many of you just want to understand women. And half the reason why you're exhausted by it all is because you don't understand women. And so for a woman to be able to reflect this to you and to be able to teach you about women and about how to be a better man, it's actually more motivating if you think about it because men are motivated by, by like one of the big motivators is I want to be a better man for her, 
right? So if a woman is standing in front of you, aka me being like, you need to be a better man. This is what you need to do. You're going to be more motivated than if another man says it to you. Just saying. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, if you didn't feel loved, you might put too much work in what's much time into your job or like your passion or your purpose. Now, obviously we all have seasons. There might be a season where you're doing it, but just be mindful of, is it negatively affecting my relationship? Because for, and you know, get in, you know, have a conversation with your partner, but for a lot of women, we don't need five hours of your time. We just want 10 minutes of like undivided fucking love and attention and affection. Women want attention. The feminine wants fucking attention. We want communication and we want you to, we want all of the eyes on us. If you gave us 10 minutes of that and then you went back to work for three hours, we'd be fucking happy. But if you gave us a half-assed, a half-assed effort for three hours because your brain's elsewhere, you're taking work calls, we're not fucking happy. It's honestly about those boundaries. It's about communication. Like if you said to your wife or your girlfriend, um, babe, I'm going to give you 10 minutes and then I have to go work for three hours. We'd be like, cool. Because we, we know, we know what to expect. Our feminine can relax because we, the masculine, right? Has, we, we, the masculine logic has told us this is the plan. So we don't have to wonder. The wondering can cause a lot of pain for the feminine because we get a lot of safety off the masculine. So when the masculine has, is giving us like an unknown situation, it causes our head to freak out and our body to freak out. So if you just gave very clear like time slots, it would make her relax. I guarantee that. Okay. Um, next thing, eating disorders, men and women. Eating disorders can create so much tension and anxiety in relationships for both parties. Because what if I don't cook this right for her? What if I don't, what if this is too many calories for him? What if we go on a holiday and there's not a gym that's good enough for him? I want to go out to dinner, but he's not going to eat, eat the ice cream because it's going to like fuck his macros or blah, blah, blah. Now, obviously, if both of you care a lot about, I don't know, health and you want to do your macros together, whatever, it's fine. It's when there isn't an alignment about something and it's causing one person to feel stickiness and a bit of tension because they want to do something and the other person can't let loose and have fun. When it comes to eating, like I eat really fucking healthy, right? Like I'm not drinking at the moment. I haven't drunk for maybe like three or four weeks and I'm fucking loving it. I'm just having a bit of a break because then it's like the fucking silly season shit in New York. Fuck. Um, but so when I'm out, it's just like no alcohol done. And I'm not doing it from this like anxiety kind of situation. It's just like, it's a boundary. No. Um, and it's fine. It doesn't create any tension. But if you're going out and you're like, oh wait, um, does that have too many calories? Oh wait, um, uh, I don't want to eat. Uh, it's got, it's maybe got one gram of sugar in it. Uh, um, uh, potatoes have carbs. It's like, what the fuck can you eat? And it actually can cause tension between the two of you because it doesn't create a relaxing environment. If you sat down, like I'm allergic to gluten. It's like, I'm allergic to gluten. It's a fact. Boom. And it's not a scarcity thing. It's not a fear thing. It's not like a, if I eat this, I'm going to gain 10 pounds. It's like, I can't eat it. Full stop. The end. Right. And it doesn't create, it's not a scarcity tension energy of fear and anxiety. It's just like a fact. But when you bring your eating disorders into or your relationship with food shit into a fucking relationship and it causes this like tension because you're so, because the end, your energy is, I'm afraid to eat this. The other person feels that and it makes them feel fucking anxious. It makes them feel like they have to walk on eggshells. They don't know how to fucking please you. So they give up. Then you fucking get frustrated because they're giving up. It creates resentment. Boom. The relationship's over. Like it's actually insane how relationships with food and exercise and your body image can actually blow up a fucking relationship because of the dynamic it kind of creates. 
And this goes for men and women, because if you're a man that's obsessed about the gym and you'll never go and have ice cream with her or something, that might be a really big thing for her. Now, if you're allergic to dairy, it's a different story. Or if dairy makes you really fucking sick or bloated, different fucking story. If you're like, I don't want ice cream, different story. But if you're like, oh no, it blows my macros, the energy exchange is different. And it's the energy exchange that causes this. It's not about the fact that like, you don't want to eat ice cream. I don't want to eat ice cream. Like last time I'm in Italy, I'm not eating ice cream. It makes me fucking bloated. I don't really, I'm not really an ice cream person. I don't need to eat it. Um, but it's not, it's not because I'm like, oh, it's going to make me fat. It's actually just like, I don't want to eat ice cream. And the energy is different. It's not an anxious energy. That's the key thing. So anxiousness around food, exercise, body image does also kill a relationship for both men and women. Okay. Um, the next one, I'm only going to be able to do like a couple more and then I actually have to skedaddle to my client. Maybe I'll come back and record the rest in a little bit. Um, you might need to watch the rest of the, you might need to, if you're watching on YouTube, you might need to listen to the rest of it on the podcast. Just FYI. Um, if I don't get to record the rest of it, the next bit is suppressed emotions. So if you are, if you have a lot of suppressed emotions and then your partner, this is generally going to be men having suppressed emotions, women being the partner. So I'm going to play this as like a gender, as a, as a generalization. It's not always the case, but roll with me. So if you as a man have a lot of suppressed fucking shit, a lot of suppressed emotions, a lot of suppressed pain, and your woman comes to you and she's upset about something, she's crying, she's a stressful day, the world feels really hard. And it could just trigger the absolute fuck out of you because you are always told to suck it. You are always told to suck it up, X, Y, and Z. So you just tell her to brush it off, suck it up, you're fine. You don't know how to, you don't know how to deal with it. It makes her feel unsafe in the relationship, and that will proliferate into many more situations than just this one. The key thing is with all of this, guys, it's not just one little thing. It rolls on, it keeps going. And it's that like continuing flow on effect that actually causes the problems in the long term, if that makes sense. So any suppressed emotions will cause you to respond or react in most situations in a less than ideal scenario when your partner is feeling X, Y, and Z and being open and emotional and vulnerable with you. That can then cause your partner to feel unsafe, which will cause more of this underlying feeling of unsafety. Once that unsafety piece has started once, their brain will start to see more situations where they feel unsafe because that kind of bit of unsafety is kind of like been picked out a little bit, if that makes sense. So now multiple things could also add to the feeling of unsafety, which then makes it a really big feeling. And then they could fucking leave or the whole thing could explode. So your ability to release your suppressed shit is really important, whether it's military stuff, whether it is family stuff, whether it is work stuff, whether it is you're not feeling like you're enough of a man or whatever it is. It is very important for you to release that suppressed emotion. Um, Two quick last things. The next one is daddy issues. And then the last one is mommy issues. So as a woman, if you have a lot of daddy issues, for example, and we can have both, but I'm just going to roll with this scenario. As a woman, if you have daddy issues, generally speaking, you actually want to be treated like a daughter, not a lover in a relationship. Um, And so what then happens is that when you're being treated really sexy and a lover, you don't know how to respond to the situation and you're looking for men that are adoring you like you're their child. And... uh, this creates a very unhealthy dynamic and a lot of codependency, if that makes sense. Um, and it's just an unhealthy relationship to be in and it doesn't last because we want sex. We want to be, we want to be cherished. We want to be, we want to be the lover, not the mother. Hence my program, be a lover, not a mother. Um, and, uh, 
often what happens is you'll, people will get into these relationships and they finally unleash their fucking inner sex queen. And then they're like, fuck, I want him to grab me and I want him to slap me and I want him to spank me. But the dynamic wasn't created with that foundation. So it becomes really difficult. Now, not to say that you can't change the dynamic. You totally could change the dynamic, but I'm just saying that it can become a difficult situation. And it depends on your partner. It depends on whether your partner wants that dynamic to change as well, or whether one, that foundation is too fucking strong to change or two, they're actually very wounded as well. And they want to be a daddy, if that makes sense. And so they treat you like you're their daughter or vice versa. Depends on the situation. Okay. And then the last one is mummy issues. So if as men, men mostly have mummy issues, women mostly have daddy issues for the most part, not everybody, obviously. If you are a man and you have mummy issues, what will happen is that you will be attracting these women and attracted to women that treat you like a mum, treat you like their son, sorry, rather than like their lover. So you are constantly looking for their approval. You constantly want to be like loved up in like a mummy son way rather than um, you pursuing her, you fighting for her, you protecting her blah, blah, blah. It's like you're acting in more of this boyish energy. And what happens is you will also try and get away with more. Like you won't be on your best behavior. You will not be showing up as a man. You'll be showing up as a boy is what it will be. And that's not fucking sexy either. So they are are like eight different ways that you're in a child mood could be playing out in your relationship. I hope that you enjoyed the episode guys. So my new program, the man is, I guess, open. We're going to announce it as open, is open for enrollment. So you can email us or send me a DM. I'd recommend obviously for the ladies to send it on to their men. Reminder, this is going to be the only round at this price and then it will double. Uh, Can't guarantee that the next round will be live or um, have a one-on-one in it. So just an FYI, but all the details on what we're covering and all that jazz is on the website page. If you are wanting to dive into this work and you're a woman, Queen Alchemy is a really good place to be looking at. Um, And as I'm mentioning, my behind the scenes bubble is a fun little spot for you to get more of my content that I don't show on Instagram. Um, MMM1 is always open for enrollment as is the bundle as well. So you guys can check those out too. If you love this episode, I would love for you guys to share on your Instagram, uh, to leave a review. I'm always really grateful when you do that. It means a lot. So more people can find me and you can watch this episode on YouTube or listen to it on the podcast. So yeah, have a good day.